0: At Midnight on the 31st of March, Chapter 1, Section 8 It seemed as though the summer had not been so quick was it departed, and the night's tasting of chill, the days of apple smell. May Warder covered her tomato vines with rhubarb leaves against the chance of frost. Beside the mill, Jake Kramer cleaned his trees of every apple, seven barrels full, and chimneys smoked with all the busy stoves where women canned and bottled everything that could be saved and kept for winter's use. Upon the hill, John Herbert dug a hole for winter vegetables and saw the red come on the maple tree beside the road. Gus watched the corn as dearly as a mother and prayed the frost would keep until next moon. His wife was thinking of another kind of frost that comes before its time and said, Gus, May's not looking good. I don't know why. She had suspicions, but she let them lie and thought he might say something to agree. "'Well, I don't know. Maybe she works too hard. She's always been quiet, and no quieter now.' "'Oh, men,' sighed Mabel to herself. "'And then it makes a body worry so these days, the way we are. No doctor or no nurse. You can't help fearing somebody will fall sick.' "'Oh, let that be,' said Gus. "'She's not sick yet, nor like to be a healthy girl like her. I know she's pale, but make her drink more milk if you need to. Mar- Get Maria in to help you out, and let May rest a bit.' His wife said nothing, but resolved to have a talk with May." She knew too well for all the love between them, she would fail and find no answer for her worried heart. The summer had made clear to May the truth that he cared nothing for her. Every day or so, it seemed, she saw the two of them together, heard them speak of one another, and saw within her mind a close embrace. At picnics in the summer, when they went in those cool woods above the waterfall where limestone rocks had made a sort of cave, was always John and Gert that went alone to explore its chambers with a candle-end, or hide and spray behind the outsprung fall. And hence together were the other two, May and Roy Smith, and good friends, to be sure, but each the lover of another heart, impatient, miserable, and hard to please. They did not speak of what they both well knew, and made no accusations nor complaint, but clung together when those other two went brazenly apart, and looked not back. Now John was weary in his mind of Gert, but mind was not the captain to command, and he could feel he would capitulate to orders he would rather not have given. His house was lonelier than ever now, his nights more wakeful and his tender nerves, too near the surface at the quietest times, were like a festering wound that will not heal. Though many a night before this later fate had found him brooding on unkindly life, now he would weep, or shiver with the cold. And find no solace anywhere at all. Distrustful of a creed, he did not go to talk with Reverend Ewell, though if he had, he might have found a clearer mind than his to show, if not the way, the how of life. He talked with no one really, only Gert, and that was only reminiscences of what there might have been, not what there was. Seeing no better wall for loneliness and desperate nights, he thought at last he must propound the question which he knew would have an answer which he did not want to hear. Days got a chill which made Bert light his stove and brought together once more the house that sat and steamed and talked and hacked and spit and settled what to do and how and when, provided that the board confirmed it too. But when the greybeards wagged about the stove, the talk was all fifty years ago, the what had been, the past that had come back to throw its shadow on these present days. When we were young, said Dolph, in olden days, we didn't think to look to anywheres, but here to have our fun course the fairs were in the towns but only once a year the rest of the time there were so many bees all kinds of bees when folks would husk their corn or raise a house most any excuse would do to get the folks together work and play then there was general training when the men would meet and train and all the women too would come to watch the men folks strut themselves in winter we'd go visiting round. there wasn't no work to do see our friends leave in the morning when the chores were done spend the day eat all you could hold that being the women's pride to set more food than anyone could eat, my, it was good. There ain't no pride in cooking nowadays. Then drive home to feed and milk the cows, the sleigh bells ringing in the dark and snow. And then folks took to driving cars and went so far and saw so many things so new, they, they weren't content to play at home no more. I guess the movies got to be for them what fairs and bees and dances used to be. If they could see some fancy show like that, they didn't need to visit with their friends. Now you see, it's like it used to be. We got no movies, no cars to drive. We must stick home and do the best we can. I think it's better now as it used to be. John Backus filled his pipe and lit a match, but halfway to the ball he stopped to speak. Something else to that I tell you, Dolph, that's part of it. Now, I remember well when Saugersville set fashions for itself. I mean to say we had our own ways here that weren't the ways of Centerfield or Steck, much less the ways of any city place where most of us had never been at all what ways were good and what were not. We knew and needed no one else to tell us which. And no one ever wanted to be richer than than old Dave Vanderbeck that lived right here and had a carpet on his bedroom floor. The match burned out. He took another one and puffed his pipe, took it out and said, we wanted houses that were clean and neat, tight in the winter, good and solid built with furniture to use and please the eye. We wanted plenty in the cellar room to pile of table heavy all the year, and cider in the barrel getting hard. A nice matched team of horses was the most a man could want beside his house and farm. He shook his head and spit into the box. And then, you know the way it went, the wife would travel over to Schuyler's Falls and see some brand new fangled stove her cousin had, and work to get one like it till she did. Or else the movies made her think her clothes were just not fit to wear, although that coat had got at least three years more wear in it. Don't blame it all upon the women, folks. We're just as bad with cars and radios. And every cent we've spent on them, two things would cost us 20 cents before we're through, because they showed us things we had to buy or thought we had, which cost about the same. Oh well, they're gone. Money, too, is gone. We didn't want this, but we're free again to follow out the ways we think are best and try our hands again at right and wrong. And set the fashions now for Saugersville.